Slice Audio. All right, season three, episode 10. Who's starting this thing? Citizens arrest. I liked it. There we go. Well, uh, Amy's gone. She got arrested. Uh, I'm Brandon <laughs> Jones. We got Brandon Medina. We got Summer Day and uh, Kelvin Moser sitting here. Amy wanted us to tell you hi. Yeah, so cuffed and stuff. Just kidding. She's actually on a hike, a veteran's hike. She's on the Mission 22 team, hiking 110 miles over four days. Yeah. Um, I think today, as we speak, she has to cover 30-some miles. That's 30, a tall order. 36, 34. <laughs> she's she brought some water or something with her. That's <laughs> yeah. a long hike. She's got a couple camelbacks. Yeah, there you go. Now, do, oh. they, do they stay out there on the trail overnight, or do they come they back have home? A support, oh, no. They have a support car that picks them up once they hit their target and then takes them to, like, a cabin. Oh, okay. And then when they get up in the morning, that support car takes them back to where they were, and then they continue going. All right. So that's nicer than it could be, you know, yeah. out there on the side of the trail in a tent somewhere. Yeah. Way nice. Uh, I think it's kind of, it's like glamping or gliking. Would it be like like when you go yeah, glamping with a really nice camper? It's gliking, yeah. It's like gliking, mm-hmm. like glamour hiking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But uh, that that's what she's got going on. But uh, it's awesome to have you guys in here. It's been a while. It does feel like it's been a while. Uh, it, it, I don't think it really has been too long, but it has been a while. And uh, so let's let's get into it. Let's talk about some things. I want to talk to you guys. Let's. This has been bugging me for a while, mm-hmm. and I mean to tell you, bugging me. And I already know the answer, kind of. I think, but I still want to bring it up, and I still feel like this is a problem that we need to uh, address. I, I don't. There's nothing we could do. There's. N- I don't. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. People uh, putting their makeup on on the way to work in the morning. <laughs> that's also a big problem. <laughs> that's what I saw this morning, and I kind of thought, well, that's. Oh, probably that was not the you behind thing. me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, what do you what do you got, Brandon? <laughs> We're on the radio. You don't got to put your eyeliner on, motion. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so this is what happened. I'll tell you the story. Me and my wife were spending a little time together, and we're inside the beautiful mall that we have here in Rapid City, and uh, we did some shopping. Actually, we got a pedicure, all right? And then we went to the to the food court, and we ate some food, and we're on our way back towards our vehicle. We're holding hands and walking, having a nice leisure. Uh, might have been a Sunday, Saturday, I don't remember. And we're having a good little walk. All of a sudden, uh, I hear... A little that 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 sound of of hangers click 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 and the dee, 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 of like somebody stealing something out of a store mm-hmm. and and I'm like oh no something is amiss and so I look over and there is a gentleman so there's two parts that bug me about this situation there's a gentleman younger gentleman uh, walking ahead of a girl with her arms full of things right mm-hmm. so the part that bugs me is he didn't look like he had anything. She had all the things. I'm like, really? As a dude, you can't even. <laughs> you can't even you be can't, the gentleman. You can't hold her stolen holds merchandise. Her stolen merchandise. Yeah. I'm like, anyway, we, we've all heard there's no honor among thieves. Anyway, whatever, right? And he's like looking back at her, like, keep up, you know, like, what's your problem, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, huh? And I and so I just sat there and stared as she's like walking away, kind of grinfully, kind of happy, stealing a bunch of items from I can't remember what store. And used to be the Shields, that store, whatever that is now, Rue 21 or something. And she's running out with hangers and she's dropping some items and she like bumped into some people and they run off towards the food court and leave. And I was like, wow, those people are stealing things as I was holding my wife's hand, knowing there is nothing I can do about it. But every step I took after that, I got madder and madder and mad <laughs> as we got out to the car and as like, 
of like there's a part of me because they were it's hard to tell their age they could have been late teens they could have been either older looking 16 year olds or they could have been a younger at best 19 year old i don't think they were quite cresting that 20 year old range you know what i mean they were Mm -hmm. teens Mm -hmm. and i'm like i just wanted to go scold them like a father or throat chop them one of the two but i just wanted to do something (laughs) i was so mad i just i mean i know i can't do anything i just wanted to go over there and just be like you get back in the store get back in the store you return those items right now and even though it was probably okay ticket value might have been a hundred dollars worth of items you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh actual value maybe fifteen dollars you know what i mean like store probably lost ten or fifteen dollars yeah but it just it's the it the fact that they're stealing stuff bugs me. They could have stole a $1 sticker, and it would have bugged me all the same. And it, that's what irritates me. So that's my story. So let's pretend that's my story. Any other situation going on in the general public, what can you do? So first off, I, I totally understand your frustration because uh, the vast majority majority of us live our lives day to day you know, doing the right thing. You go into a store, you see something that you want, you either can or can't pay for it, and you either, if you can't pay for it, then you just leave it alone, right? Yep. If you can pay for it, then you, you go up, you give them your money, and then in return you get the item, right? Yeah. It's really frustrating when people, like, break that cycle, right? Yeah. And uh, to say, hey, they got away with it, well, like, why am I paying for this stuff, right? That's frustrating. Yeah. Well, you're still doing the right thing, right? Um, Kelvin, I'm going to let you handle the uh, uh, what should you do in that situation. I've got some well, ideas, but I'm interested to you hear know, your perspective. Quite frankly, when you see that sort of stuff, no matter how frustrated one might get, um, one of the last things that I would want to see someone do is get directly involved because, unfortunately, some of those, I'll call it somewhat more of a minor-natured crime of a theft of, say, 15 25 bucks, whatever it may be, can lead to sometimes something much more tragic and something much more dangerous. Um, when we're dealing with that stuff, uh, quite frankly, just be a be a good witness. Uh, stick around and wait for the police so you can show up and provide them with uh, with a witness statement. What you saw, um, license plate numbers, get a good description. Can of you the take a picture of them? Take a picture mm-hmm. of them. Hey, get a video. You can video them, hey, right? Yeah, absolutely. Take a picture. Take so video. You're public. Mm-hmm. Um, Gather as much information as you can. Uh, if, if, you, uh, if you got a license plate number, write it down so you don't forget. But, yeah, I, did, I didn't even think of that myself. Just start taking pictures, take video. Uh, and then, again, wait around for the police to get there. Uh, sometimes uh, people think that somebody else is going to report it, and what they saw might not be needed. But you never know until you know for sure. Call, report it, tell us what you saw, and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in that situation, it's frustrating, but remember that uh, don't get directly involved. Just be a good witness. Get yeah. as m- much information as you can about the uh, that could be used to identify and track down those responsible, and then hand that information off so that the proper authorities can can track them down and address it. Yeah. There's so there's two things I learned growing up as a child in Rapid City. Um, one, as a Boy Scout. You know, you don't do those kinds of things. You don't steal. And then there was, outside of Boy Scouts, snitches get stitches. And so I was was caught in the middle. (laughs) So I didn't video, and I didn't do anything. And I'm like, wow, those people are stealing things. And I just stood there. And as I walked away, the Boy Scout in me was like, 
shame on them. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. and so, so there we are. You have the option of if you're providing information to request to do it anonymously. You can do it anonymously as well. Uh, provide the information to the dispatcher over the phone, and that alone might help the investigator or detective that it gets assigned the case to come up with some good leads to hold that perpetrator accountable. Uh, quite frankly, how those investigations go generally is uh, we'll look back, uh, recover video footage, recover any types of photographs, uh, take a look at all of the information that we got as far as descriptions, and then see if we can't talk to that individual firsthand and interview them and see what they have to mm-hmm. say, um, and then go work with our state's attorney's office either put forth a juvenile petition if it's a juvenile or request an arrest warrant if it's an adult. If you can, like, identify If we can identify them and, uh, you know, more times than not, if we have good video footage, those cases are sometimes pretty darn successful and easy to solve. Yeah. It's, uh, It's when we have really grainy video or people wearing bunny suits that <laughs> sometimes uh, creates a little bit more of a challenge for us. But in the end, if we got video footage, uh, chances of getting away with that particular crime uh, goes down significantly. So so, to, so let's use this case and, and drag it a little further. Let's pretend all, all that happened. Because actually what happened was they did drop a few items. Uh, some of the people that they ran into um, – the, the those people grabbed the items and went back into the store and were giving them a lot better description than I could have given. Yep, she was wearing this. She had hair like this. And I was like, oh, so we just kind of continued on as I continued to get madder. And uh, they, you know, so I was like, they've got it handled. I don't need to be a, a, a third dude or a four, whatever, right? And so they got it. We moved on. In that situation, officer shows up. They get the description. They look at the video, blah, blah, blah. How on a priority list of an officer or a detective in this situation, are, are there enough officers in Rapid City? Is there enough detectives? Uh, does it get kind of, in a situation like this, does the priority level of that get pushed down sometimes? Or is it more like, hey, we can, we have got time, I'm going to go sure. attend to this right now because it's priority one right today? Well, it's kind of a unique question because our investigations division is split up to handle basically any crime that comes our way. Um, it's split up in regards to, though, being uh, we have uh, property crime detectives mm-hmm. and we have what we call people crime detectives. Uh, property crime detectives generally handle cases that involve embezzlement, uh, forgery, fraud, Theft. burglaries, thefts, shoplifting cases, um, hit-and-run cases, uh, vehicle accidents to where our people crime detectives generally handle cases that involve assaults, mm. uh, stalking, domestic violence, uh, rape, um, robbery. In uh, quite frank, again, when you become a detective, you generally start in, uh, not all the time, but sometimes you'll start in the property crimes division mm-hmm. or some of our patrol officers, once they hit a certain year in their career, they'll go up to our investigations division for a stint of time to kind of see another aspect of law enforcement. And they will generally start in that property crimes role. And as their detective sergeant assigns cases to them, that's kind of the majority of their cases to where when you start dealing with your more significant crimes of violence, uh, we have detectives that kind of specialize in that sort of stuff. So... 
that's kind of their daily routine or their mm. daily job is to investigate those cases. However, with that said, when we do have a <laughs> significant incident, uh, those detectives are then pulled away from those shoplifting cases mm-hmm. or the or the more minor mm. yeah, damage to private property calls to go all hands on deck on this big Something. whatever yep. we're working. Yep. So... Uh, the detectives try to work those cases in the order of which they come or the order of which they've got some hot leads in. It's uh, kind of like uh, a juggling match. Uh, yeah. Which case am I going to work today? Which case do I have to work today because I've got some hot leads on? Uh, what case can I put on the back end because I'm waiting for some subpoena results to come in? But then at the same time, we have a uh, fatality accident where maybe someone has been... Uh, consuming alcohol and it's a significant investigation and we need to get all of our resources together then those detectives get pulled from those cases to work the more yeah. major case and that makes sense that makes sense a lot so that's good well um somebody said that the southwest southwest precinct open yeah southwest precinct so talk a little bit more about that uh southwest precinct uh, more known as the craig j teason precinct we named it after uh our late police chief, Craig Teason, Senator, South Dakota. Um, you know, our mission statement in regards to community first, um, service above self, integrity. Wow. Uh, chief Teason uh, was uh, huge as far as being able to portray that. And uh, the police department in the city, uh, among some others that put forth some ideas, only felt yeah. as though it was fitting to rename the precinct after Craig. Uh, we've been up and operational kind of uh, in a soft opening in July, but now that we've got all of our equipment and furniture in, we've got detectives rolled in there, we've got police officers working out of there, we've got community service officers working out of there. I'm there, so if you're in the area and want to stop by and say hi. You yeah, know, there are there donuts and coffee? Uh, you know, actually, we had someone bring by some donuts yeah. and uh, not coffee, but some donuts yesterday, yeah. which was kind of cool. Are we talking <laughs> so, energy drinks and apples? Or uh, no, you, you're, for, you're forgetting, Brandon. It's Mountain Dew. Yeah, Mountain Dew. <laughs> okay. We're talking Mountain Dew. And- Mountain Dew. So every once in a while, some Coca-Cola. But, uh, yeah, All things right. are going great over All there. Right. If you have any crime reporting needs and you don't want to drive all the way down to headquarters, uh, swing by the precinct and we'll get you taken care of. Corner of Sheridan awesome. Lake Road and Catron Boulevard. Sheridan Lake Road, Catron Boulevard. It's kind of a mess down there right now. We have yeah. uh, some road construction going on on Sheridan Lake Road, and they're currently tearing up the asphalt on Catron. For uh, those of us that make landmarks by food, uh, oh yeah, is that across from Wings and Rings? Right across You're from correct. Wings and Rings, it's we've got Domino's intersection. Across yeah. the intersection, we got the Domino's Pizza right there. Is there a yoga place nearby? Ah, you know what? I place? have seen Maybe some that's... people doing some workout in uh, one of the nearby buildings. Yeah. So yeah, I'd... nothing. I do that. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> I thought I saw you there. Oh yeah, I'll carry a yoga mat around. That's just to sit down and eat wings. <laughs> so yeah, that's up and operational. Uh, things are going fine. Um, yeah, we're, we're rolling. Cool. All right. Well, uh, the next big thing is, uh, you guys want to talk about the goat of drug dogs? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is a video, if you if you saw it on our social media, it's up on our Facebook page. We shared it from the, the Rapid City Police Department canine Facebook page. Mm-hmm. 
One of the the, the um, trainers that they have that uh, works a lot with the team actually has a baby goat, and so they were having some fun with the goat, decided to try uh, giving the goat a shot at maybe being a, a drug dog. Um, didn't quite work very well, but oh. you can see you know, the opportunity and the attempt uh, in the video, it's really, really adorable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember watching it. And I remember the first few seconds I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, oh, that really is a goat. And I'm like, is that goat actually sniffing? No, I don't think it is. No, no, that goat is not doing a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you'll permit me the opportunity, uh, I I really stand on a uh, on a on a large platform of animal puns on a hay bale. Yep, on a hay bale of animal puns. Uh, so Was he good? <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> I, I said, looks like the canine unit was trying out a new recruit this week, and it's apparent this kid's kind of stubborn. Uh, well, we it. heard, H-E-R-D, his drug-sniffing and bad-guy-chasing abilities weren't the greatest of all time. He would totes goat the job if it was only based on being adorable. Yep, that's it. That's, that's pretty clever. But he was too bad <laughs> at his job. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, so we we tried it. Uh, we'll we'll track this up there with the uh, police feline uh, program too. Just not. It, it still needs some work. <laughs> the other. <laughs> that's funny. The other thing I seen uh, before we get into the to the one. There's another couple of big top. We had the bunny uh, thief. Mm-hmm. We got any heads? We got anything on that? The guy that went into the casino and robbed the. It wasn't in a casino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I just—I'll well, I'll let you talk. I—I I did talk to the detective this morning, and uh, he says that he is working some leads on it. He's mm. got some some uh, things that he can track down that uh, mm. hopefully can can lead to us holding this person responsible. It's just one of those more unique robberies where we're accustomed to maybe someone doing a robbery wearing a ski mask or uh, or. Even mm-hmm. the COVID style mask is in you know years past. Yeah. But to actually see someone come in dressed as a bunny, uh, uh, it was kind of unique. So. Well, there's only one guy. Yeah. I mean, it's something you see in the movies, right? It is, and it, there's only really one guy for the job. And I don't know <laughs> if you guys have ever called him or used him. Sure. But it's Elmer Fudd. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he could help us. Yeah, he could. He could help us. Kind of he's, kind of, he's kind of a specialist. Yeah. He is a specialist, a subject matter expert. <laughs> Those wascoey wabbits. You know? <laughs> right. Well, if you got his number, by all means, no. get it to me, and we'll give him a call. Uh, this was another <laughs> opportunity for its fair share of animals. <laughs> it's a bold move to rob a casino. It's even a bolder one to do it in a bunny mask. These images of the hoodlum here were captured in the early mornings, hours of September 1st on Jackson Boulevard. We'd be hoppy <laughs> to hold this furry felon accountable for his actions. And we know there's some bunny, some bunny <laughs> out there who can help us do it. If you'd carrot all the pass along, any information, if you'd carrot, if you'd carrot, oh my gosh, if you'd carrot <laughs> all to pass along any information about the incident or the identity, our rabbit robber, we're all ears. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's some good writing. Not good reading, <laughs> but good writing. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yep. No, well, that's what you do. Uh, I also seen a video recently that cracked me up and showed some unfortunate class in Rapid City of a video of a fight at Menards. 
Um, did you guys see that? I didn't see no, that. No, I missed that one. Oh man, no. I should have. I should have. <laughs> I should have pre-warned you guys. I thought about this just a few seconds ago. Um, is a situation that happened in the lumber part of Menards in an iron. Oh, hold. We should hold on. Let's pause this really quick, like, and come back. I got to show you this video. Pause. Okay, so we watched the video, and uh, <laughs> sorry, but I was like, uh, I don't know where it came from. Somebody had shared it on my news feed over the weekend or something like that. Maybe it was Monday. I don't remember. But I watched it, and it was like my jaw was open with just all the things that happened in what? A 30, 40-second clip, best mm-hmm. maybe a minute. And I'm like, this was in rapid. And so I guess for the for the people who are listening – and you didn't see. I, I'm going to try to explain it as quick as possible. It, they're in the lumber yard area of the Menards, of any Menards. They're all the same. And in the back, you could, the video, you're seeing a, a, a motorcycle that is directly in front of a pickup. Almost looks like they hit each other, but maybe not. Don't have a clue on the backstory. Don't have a clue what's going on. There is one gentleman arguing with another gentleman. There's a gentleman behind the other gentleman that's arguing. All right. There is a couple of females in the middle of this situation. They're arguing. Uh, one guy gets a little too close to the other guy. He pushes him back, like, get away from me. Uh, the guy that got pushed says, hey, he touched me. And he kind of steps back with his hands up like, hey, he touched me. Hey. And he's looking at a Menards employee like, hey, he touched me. you seen that. He steps back. And then I think the guy that did the pushing, not too aggressively, but a little aggressive. He was pretty aggressive about it pushes another girl might have been that girl's that guy's girlfriend and then all of a sudden that guy that got pushed attacked him like just went male hand punches on him and then they started fighting and then a girl ended up falling against a pickup and hitting her head calling 911 blah 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 videos over pretty much mm-hmm. in that situation you guys seen it what in the world yeah again not knowing the backstory not yeah. knowing what led to it who knows so, uh, from my perspective, I don't know if law enforcement was called. It certainly wasn't put on a shift summary that would alert this to be on my radar. Uh, so, I, I don't know if this was ever documented by law enforcement. So, that's the yeah. perspective that this is coming from. Mm-hmm. Don't know the backstory. Don't know what the original dispute was about. But what I can say is that this is not a good example of the de-escalation that you should find in any sort of confrontation, right? Yeah. Uh, you should be working through it. You should not let your emotions get into it. Obviously, there was some of that going on yeah. here. And uh, you've turned what might be, uh, uh, hey, let me just move my motorbike and get out of the way. Let me just, you know, I don't know if there was any sort of like crime that had happened to where yeah. had predicated this. But um, really, you've turned something where you could very easily exchange information or do whatever the right thing is and be on your way. But now you've created an an incident that could result in, uh, you know, criminal charges and might result in a trip to the hospital. So you've not done anybody in this situation any favors. 
Right. So in that situation, who, I mean, again, we don't know anything, but uh, at what point, uh, so the guy pushed the guy, the one gentleman pushed the guy. At what point are you okay? Say if I'm in that situation, at what point am I okay to start throwing fists? Well, you know, every situation is going to be different. Uh, In this case, either party could have realized at any time that this is not going to go well for either of us, and one of us needs to be the bigger person here and turn around and walk away. Remove yourself from the situation rather than both parties, in this case, I believe, were escalating it. Yep. Um. The one gentleman who pushed the other, uh, quite frankly, probably should not have pushed that gentleman. But what he did, in my opinion, just at first glance, that is, uh, I don't see like an assault charge or anything like, like that. Like if it would have stopped there. If it would have stopped there, with that, you know, we've that could be resolved still quite simply. The issue is, is when you take after having getting shoved and putting your hands up, like, oh my, you know, this guy just touched me to then charging after the guy who had just pushed you and swinging and striking that individual uh now that's an assault Mm -hmm. and then the individual who is getting hit yes does have the right to protect themselves and whatnot but in the video it appeared as though he went back after the guy yep so what you have here is two parties uh engaging in a physical confrontation with one another it seemed like to me uh, the one may have well you could you could it's kind of like a referee in a football game at quite yep. frankly who started this and offsetting when, penalties uh, you know no. when are you going to throw the flag yep. uh, my mind they both had an active uh, part in this how yep. this was ultimately resolved I don't know uh, what the extent of the injuries were right. I don't know we, what took place beforehand I don't right. know so and and then you've got the other side of it too where that girl fell backwards smacking yeah. I mean you heard her head hit that yeah. pickup right why she was you could see she's got a knee brace look if you're it's like in my mind I'm looking at this situation and I get it you have feelings involved with this situation at some point but if you're in in some sort of physical ailment probably not get yourself in a situation right. where you've got to be in a altercation right. you know like because i i feel really bad i hope a head injury is a is a horrible situation and hopefully that person is doing okay nobody sure. knows this and she smacked her head up against the pickup that person might be in some serious right deep right doo-doo because of that because of a simple like a sweep of the arm like get out of my waist right. thing mm-hmm. and all over what and arguing I, over two by four, right? Or exactly, and over I don't being stopped in front of us at a Menards. I mean, come on. I don't remember how she ended up there. If she got pushed or if she was just incidentally contacted and fell. But sometimes uh, people might not realize when they get involved in these types of incidents and they recklessly cause injury to another party, they could also be charged with yeah. with a crime. So if that. Uh, female who fell down and has some significant injuries in result of this, uh, either of those individuals who are fighting could be a contributing factor to that and could be held accountable. So, yeah. Well, I guess that's kind of the reason I brought this video up and wanted to show you guys more of a learning. Uh, if anybody's listening to this, maybe you've also seen the video or you've been in a situation similar to that, it's just best to probably walk away because of that. Uh, what if there's another female? In this situation, for for the listeners, this was, I can't judge her age off the video, possibly a 
a grandma age, a mom age, a 50-year-old maybe. I don't know, and I'd hate for this person to hear that and be like, I am in my 40s. No, but but I don't know. You know what I mean? And so, and obviously she had like a knee brace on. So what if, I mean, what if it was my mom out there and she's in her 60s and somebody pushed her over? She's not the stablest person. She is going to smack her head on the ground. And that is not going to go well for her. And so, like... As an individual into that physical, sometimes when you get heated, you can't stop yourself. You don't real. I'm a big individual. When I get mad, things you know happen. It's best just to stop before that happens. I right. guess is what I'm trying. Try to, to be self-aware of your own feelings and demeanor. And if you feel yourself getting hot under the collar, realize what could come if you continue forward with whatever you would like to do, but do your best to not. And, do and, the right avoid. Th- and avoid those sorts of things and do the right thing. Uh, you never know what is around the corner when things get out of hand, and it's easier to take the path of what you know what's going to happen if you walk away. Practice yeah. practice good emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and recognize that it often takes less energy and costs you nothing to walk away. Yeah, and because the, I guess that's exactly it. In this situation, he might be, you know, unfortunately um, – from what it looked like in the video, I've watched it a couple of times. He did on his way to go back at that guy who was swinging at him, you know, just kind of push those two girls out of the way. That girl unstably fell back and hit the pickup. Because of that now, he might be in a lot more trouble than just a simple fist fight. You right. know what I mean? That we're a judge or somebody might just say, hey, look, you know, we're good here. You're done. Just both of you go home. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, he's on the hook for whatever happened to her. But anyway... Moving forward, yeah, yeah, so. you know, it's not, not a good look. <laughs> not a good look. <laughs> not a good thing. Uh, but there was a cop car incident we wanted to also bring up, too. Yep. So uh, this would have been uh, a couple weekends ago. Um, we had an officer that was uh, headed northbound on Haynes shortly after 1230 in the morning. So pre- pretty pretty late at night, early in the day, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's responding to a... Um, uh, uh, some sort of foot pursuit in progress uh, over in the area of Harbor Freight. And so he's northbound on Haynes, uh, attempts to make that left-hand turn to go into the parking lot at Harbor Freight uh, so he can assist in this this foot pursuit, and uh, is struck by a southbound vehicle traveling at a high rate of speed uh, with no headlights on. No. And so... Um, you know, that crash has been, whenever we have one of our patrol units uh, involved in a crash, we don't investigate that ourselves. So we handed that off to the South Dakota Highway Patrol for further investigation. Uh, they'll look into it and give it uh, their due diligence as far as uh, investigating it. But preliminarily, we did <laughs> learn that the, the vehicle was high rate of speed, no headlights on, uh, very, very unfortunately uh, killed the passenger of the oncoming vehicle oh, man. and uh, seriously injured the driver. And so that driver is now facing charges that include reckless driving and uh, driving under the influence, vehicular homicide. Uh, thankfully, our officer received only minor injuries. He was uh, checked out at the hospital and released. Um, but we're very, very thankful that there was nobody sitting in the passenger seat of that, that patrol car because no they probably would not have made it out of there with their lives. Wow. Wow. That is wild. Yep. So, And, uh, and probably he wasn't – I mean, obviously he checked, but you're not looking for a car with no lights. Correct. And, and you know, mm-hmm. and at a high rate of speed. 
Mm -hmm. That's wild. Yep. So uh, a lot of uh, contributing circumstances to the outcome of this. Obviously, first and foremost, uh, um, uh, driving while intoxicated, uh, not putting your seatbelt on. Neither occupant of the oncoming vehicle was wearing a seatbelt. Um, the no headlights, speed, high speed. Speed, yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. Um, so now you guys got two calls. You know, you've got the foot pursuit situation. Now you've got this officer-involved wreck, which obviously is a horrible situation, right. and it's all in the same spot. And then you got to shut down the roadway for evidentiary purposes. you got to yeah. bring in outside agencies to help investigate it. And then in the meantime, uh, still make sure Rapid City is safe with the remaining police officers that you got out on the street. Yeah. So mm-hmm. That's wild. We got it done. We are, our guys always do. They always yep. have our backs. So uh, thankful for that. And thankful uh, for the Highway Patrol for taking for sure, that over for, for us. Sure. Yeah. Is that a is that a situation where um, officers uh, like like you, Mosier, or higher mm-hmm. higher ranking officers get get a wake up call? Yeah. Most <laughs> most definitely. Whenever. Like, hey, hey, this is kind of going on. We need you know. I don't yeah. I don't know what you call it. But so again, we have our patrol sergeants mm-hmm. uh, out on the street twenty four seven, and uh, they're kind of the. Uh, eyes and ears as far as what's happening within the entirety of Rapid City. And whenever we have a significant event, like a bunny rabbit robbery, Mm -hmm. or a significant event where someone gets, uh, uh, where they T-bone a police car, or they do significant damage to, say, city property, or we have a homicide investigation, that sergeant will then reach out to the uh, patrol lieutenant, and then that patrol lieutenant then, it's just, it's a chain of command will then pass it on to the captains the chief and uh ultimately make its way through all you know the the city department heads that need to be aware of that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. and we'll call out investigators and go to work that's why go to work whether it be three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the afternoon on a on a weekend or holiday Mm -hmm. or in the middle of a great big uh event where yeah. we've got resources scattered all over the place. Uh, that's, that's that's what I witnessed. That's that's what goes down. So I witnessed that. Speaking of great big event, that's what we'll end with is the great big event that just happened uh, this last weekend was former President Donald Trump showed up and had his, his rally here at the monument. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew it was going on. It's nice here at Home Slice. We can kind of see the monument from here. You can probably see the line from here. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Um and uh, mixed emotions here at Home Slice as far as who wanted to go and who <laughs> could have cared less and who hated it. But uh, it was kind of neat on my drive home. I was busy here at work, so I kind of went home late. But as I was cruising home, <laughs> I was like, whoa, because I yeah. live out in the valley. So mm-hmm. it's 44 mm-hmm. and uh, uh, towards the airport. I'm like, wow, there sure is a lot of Iowa patrolmen out today. Right. And then it was like, wait a minute. Trump's going to be cruising by. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, I'm in a black excursion. So I'm like, I'm just going to get in line with him, you know? Like, I'm just going to cruise in with him. See yeah. if he can, like, get into the motorcade yeah, and go get through into the motorcade. Yeah. And then I'll just – and I was like, this is a horrible day to wear pink shorts, you know, because, like, I could have got out and been like, we got the president here. Uh, he's coming in. And uh, so – I didn't. I just it, went home. Intercepting a, a Secret Service motorcade <laughs> is a great way to end up on some sort of list somewhere. Yeah, yeah this is not a yeah. good idea. Mm-hmm. But then I also saw uh, having a Ford excursion. I'm on a Facebook page where it's a bunch of other excursionites, and uh, <laughs> I just made that up. But uh, <laughs> there's dudes on there that thought or think 
that Trump drives around in a Ford excursion that is like all trumped out, <laughs> like all presidented out. You know what I mean? Like sure. bulletproofed, and it's like the, the thing armored oh, out. Yeah. And I so in my mind, I'm like, wow, what if I'm in my excursion? And like he cruises by in his, and I'm like, I give him the wave, and he like waves back, like he's driving yeah. it, you know. And uh, <laughs> no, that didn't happen. Maybe we should get you one of those stickers. Have you seen those stickers that go on the back window? Uh, that's on, on an excursion. No, it's, it's oh. so. Imagine you have so you have four doors on a vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. And then the two doors that sit behind the driver and the passenger seat. Yeah. There's uh, stickers that have been made of all sorts My of different My parents people. have one of those. And you <laughs> stick it on the side of the window on the outside, and it's just like, for instance, you know, we're talking about former President Trump looking forward. It's a side shot of him. And it, <laughs> yes. so, so if you look like old, a dog or something, yeah, but in this exactly. case, it's him. In, it's, in this case, it's just. Uh, it's, his ang- it's his mean mugging. Yes, yeah, it's there that you go. one. Yep, yes, yep. that one. <laughs> just sitting back there. It's going to get bigger. It might get a lot bigger. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That was, uh, what was it? That was Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of resources were put towards that great cooperation with the uh, South Dakota Highway Patrol, the Pennington County Sheriff's Office, uh, the Secret Service. Fire Department. uh, Fire Department, yes. There was a lot of planning, a lot of uh, people that were involved in that case. And everything went off uh, without a hitch. Uh, we did have uh, one minor incident. Well, I don't want to say minor. It started off minor and then it grew into something much more significant, and that was uh, on the uh, west side of the Civic Center. If you were attending that event, you'd know what I'm talking about. We had a secured area that was established by the Secret Service, and uh, we keep people out of that area for reasons, mm-hmm. and uh, one individual did not want to adhere to the secured area, didn't want to listen to the police officer's commands. This is an individual that spends a lot of time in that Memorial Park yep. area and mm. uh, yep. uh, probably wasn't used to the change happening. Ended up uh, charging into the secured area, was confronted by police officers, ended up struggling with the police officer over over her firearm that she had uh, thankfully she was able to keep that secured and get the individual into custody and off to jail so wow. mm-hmm. we'll see how that turns out kind of a scary event well i shouldn't say kind of it is a scary event yeah. especially for the officer involved thankfully uh, no one was hurt and um, thankfully, the rest of the event went off without any problems. Yeah. But again, it's uh, we don't see that here in Rapid City all too often as far as large-scale Secret Service events. It happens occasionally, but not, yeah. not every day. Mm-hmm. But just the amount of like, cooperation and planning that goes on and to see it go off with, without any problems was, yeah. was pretty rewarding. I think uh, politics aside, whether what your views are, I thought it was kind of cool just to see a- any former president in town sure. for that sure. for that reason, yeah. the Secret Service stuff. Yeah. I mean, we're the you know self-proclaimed or whatever, however you want to put it, city of presidents. Right. And uh, we got Mount Rushmore. We got every corner has a president on the corner and rare do we ever see an actual president of any kind here? Right. Um, and so it was just kind of cool, you know, yeah. to, 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 to see that. Um, and that's it. You know, yeah. I, I, I thought it was neat. I didn't go. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't attend because of work and other things, family commitments, but still it was neat. Well, and you know, we're there, we're there to help for public safety. There's a, there's a general expectation among the public that, 
at any large scale event where there's going to be a lot of people that you're going to see an increased presence from law enforcement, whether that's an event like this, whether it's Hills Alive, the downtown summer nights, uh, the festival of lights, uh, parade, um, even some of the larger scale demonstrations that we've seen, uh, take place on the 4th of July, uh, in Uh recent years, like any large scale gathering of people, we're there to keep things safe. And yeah. uh, we would do that regardless of, uh, you know, which president it was coming because, uh, you know, they all have the same security needs and uh, we're just there to assist. Yeah, that's plain, super cool. Plain and simple. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. When you run for president, are you going to let me ride in your motorcade? Sure. <laughs> It'll be an excursion. It'll be probably an old 7.3. Uh, okay. I'd like to get a newer one. Mine's got 320,000 miles on it. So well, Maybe the Secret Service can hook you up. Yeah, huh? I might be able to. I'd like to get the new, like, uh, the newer diesel if we can get the conversion. But right. hopefully by then, if I'm running for president, we can afford those kind of things. <laughs> um, we'll see what's happening. By well, then. diesel, are you going to have diesel? I don't know. You know, to be honest, I don't know. I, I'm the most unpolitical person you've ever met in your life. Right. I have no idea. I'm not sure which one's the donkey and which one's the elephant so i don't know i was just curious as president if brandon is going to go towards uh you know electric pickup trucks or if he'll stick with the diesel hey i'm cool either way as long as it gets me a to b you know i don't care let's go and it's fast there you go all right and i don't get a speeding ticket that'd be the coolest part about being a president huh just yeah. to go through uh, red lights in a yeah. motorcade mm-hmm. and not have to stop. Yeah. Be like, I, but the problem is I don't want people driving me around. I kind of still want to drive. want to drive? Well, maybe they'll drive. let you. Who knows? Like, I think that's the president in the Viper. Or <laughs> is that the president in that GT Mustang? Like, oh, you know, come on, Secret Service, keep up. You we're know? going to change out the uh, the motorcade vehicles yeah. here. They're all just sports cars mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, nice. Well, Thank you guys for stopping by. I appreciate it. Thank, and thank you. Thank you for all you do. All right. Uh, stay safe. Uh, we'll see you next time. Till next time. Or and out. <laughs> Citizens Arrest is hosted by Amy Rose, Brandon Jones, Brendan Medina, and Lieutenant Mosier. Produced by Mark Houston. Engineered by Chris Jacquez. Audio and video mastered by Russ Haddon. If you liked what you heard, please rate it five stars and leave a comment. Affirmative.